Awesome. Welcome to River City Baptist Church. Let's give those kids a hand one more time. Was that awesome? Great job. Thank you for leading us in worship, guys. That was great. So glad to have you in the service today. And I recognize that we have some little guys in the service today, but on the fifth Sunday every month, or every, uh, every fifth Sunday this year, we're going to have all of those that are three and older joining us. And it's a good thing for them to be in our church service and to hear the word of God and to be a part of worship. And I'm super, super thankful for that. Uh, I'm going to have you turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. And while you're turning there, uh, today's message is on active service. And we're doing five core values of our church as we begin 2023. Meaning the five things that we really believe should identify not only our church corporately, but also our church individuals. And we, of course, have looked at corporate prayer. We've looked at uh, community, Christ-centered community. uh, And we've looked at intentional evangelism and outreach And today we're going to look at active service, that literally every member is a minister. Every member is a minister. Let's say that together. That just sounds good, doesn't it? Every member is a minister. Every single person in the church. And before I get into the message today, I want to just give you kind of a visual of this, and I I uh, would like to thank everybody at River City Baptist Church, at least that we are aware of in the last 12 months that have served in some capacity at our church. Meaning, uh, any of these people that I call could have served in children's ministry, they could have served in our youth group, they could have served in nursery, they could have served in the maintenance of our buildings, cleaning, leading a class, uh, volunteering for an event like Trunk or Treat or the Easter Egg Hunt, serving in our kitchen audio, visual, and sound, the worship team, security team, outreach in a Bible uh, club, soccer outreach, basketball outreach, helping our Mayport campus get launched, remodeling the church, River City Cares, serving in the coffee shop, delivering Thanksgiving baskets, Christmas outreach, and so much more. And The great thing is, if you have about 50% of your adults serving in ministry, that's a really good sign. And we have way more than that between our teenagers and our adults. I'm so thankful. Now, when I read this list, I want you to come up here, okay? Because I've got a gift for you and a way for us to say thank you for serving our church in the last 12 months. And then I want to say this also before I read this list, um, that not everybody's here. We have some of our workers with the teenagers today in Orlando. Uh, We've got some of our, we literally have some ladies still watching the little ones and the nurseries and a few other things going on. And so, uh, but this is an amazing list, okay? And and when I call your name, all you need to do is just come up. I want you to uh, grab a card from either uh, Sarah or Pastor Hector. And then I just, I I want you to, I want you to come up on the platform with me. And I just want you to catch a visual here of where we're at and where we're going. And and, and then we're going to pray together. And then, and then you can have your seat. So here we go. You ready? Bill Addison, Darlene Andrews, Dave Andrews. Perry Baker, Brad Bruner, Glennis Bruner, Rhonda Burke, Donna Burrow, Annie Chan. If, if you may have, uh, like, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can stand down here if you don't want to climb up the steps, that's okay. You can just stand right down in front. Randy Collins, Debbie Combs, Greg Combs, Dylan Combs, Noel Combs, Wes Combs. We got a bunch of Combs around here. 
Cliff Davis, Susan Davis, Jerry Eastwood, Mona Eastwood, Lori Everett, Matt Everett, they're sick today, Sophie Compton, Aaron and Anna Fisher are on the youth group trip, Alex Fisher and Abby, I think they're still on the trip, Annalise Fisher is here, John and Lynette Foss, Petra Fulop, Jim and Kathy Geiger, Lucy Graves, Teresa Hansen, Julie Hoffman, who by the way just had a baby this week, amen, they had boy number five. So Benjamin is here. Congratulate Brian and Julie. They're on this list. And uh, I think the ladies are signing up to take meals over to them. If you want to, please, uh, uh, please see. Uh, I don't know who you see. See somebody. It's not me, okay? Uh, and uh, I think Susan. Wherever Susan is. Susan Davis back here. You can see her if you want to help out with that. And uh, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, I, I lost track. Jeff Humphreys. Patty Ison, Scott Ison, Stephanie Ison, Pete Ison, Daniel Jones. Rosemarie Jones, Kim Lerner, Corey Marshall, Jessica Marshall, Melissa Makareg. Melissa played the piano today. That was awesome. Good to see you doing that. Deanna McAllister and Jim McAllister, Stephanie Meyer, Jim and Kim Morissetti, Kelly Newberger, Maggie Newberger, Taylor Newberger. Some of them are teens. David Norris, Patty Payne, Scott Payne. Kyle Pickering, Brianna Pruitt, Daniel Pruitt, Ashley Purdy, Dan Purdy, Troy Randolph, Gabby Raymond, Grace Raymond. They're out there, I think, in the nursery today, I think. Oh, no, they're here. I see Gabby and Grace. They're there. Uh, Brianna Rodriguez, Cheryl Rodriguez, Hector Rodriguez, Tito Rodriguez, Maddie Rodriguez. How many of y'all like those Spanish names? I like that. That's a good sign. Okay, that's a good sign. Diane and Doug Roper. Adam Rowe, Don and Randy Russman, Adriana Sams, Angie Sams, Brent Sams. I don't volunteer. I mean, I do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, okay, okay. Brian Sams, Dave Selvig, Kim Selvig, Camille Sprankle, Dan Sprankle, Andy Stamp, Melody Stamp. That's our student pastor and his wife who volunteer for that job, by the way. And they are down in Orlando right now. Um, Oren Tagnapes, give it up for Oren, keeping our grounds looking good, man. Jared Vincent, Tori Vincent, Anna Webb, Harry Winters, Helen Winters. By the way, Harry and Helen Winters have decided to go help Aaron and Annie at the Mayport campus. So they are going over there to serve permanently. Isn't that exciting that Aaron's going to have some families helping him to get started? Oh, boy, where am I? Lacey Worley, Mark Worley, Zach Worley. Emma Yarbrough, Izzy Yarbrough, Olivia Yarbrough, Sarah Yarbrough, Kendall Yarbrough, Kaylee Yarbrough, Teeny Yarbrough. Like those Yarbroughs. <laughs> Jesse Young, Mark Zinkowicz, and Zoe Taylor. Now, guys, let me just give you this visual. The church is operated by its members. This is how we do church. And, and let's thank these people for, in 2023, serving our church so capacity. Thank you, guys. I sure appreciate you. And uh, let me have a word of prayer for you and ask God to give us a great 2023 together. Lord, thank you for these servants and, and others. I'm sure there's probably some that we missed something here or there. But what a joy to know that so many people are serving you in so many areas. Thank you for the people that have been saved and baptized, helped, counseled, served. 
in 2022. And now I pray for a tremendous year coming up in 2023. God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's thank them one more time as they find their seats. Thanks, everybody. Well, as you're finding your seat there, of course, tonight at 6.30 is the American Football League Championship game. So it is a miracle that I'm here today and not already tailgating at my house. Tonight, of course, the uh, Kansas City Chiefs play the Cincinnati Bengals. Had a, friend wa- had a friend walk in that are visiting with us from Cincinnati, and I shook his hand and said, man, I'm so sorry. I love the Chiefs, man. <laughs> Last week in the divisional round, of course, we played the Jaguars and uh, in a great game, by the way. And you may have recalled, I'm sure you're all watching, in the second quarter, our quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, got rolled up under uh, an offensive lineman and, and uh, really, really got a bad ankle sprain, high ankle sprain. Of course, we were all incredibly nervous. If you're a Kansas City Chiefs fan, you would, you would be very nervous about something like that happen. But of course, right after that drive, uh, the Jaguars got the ball, and then they punted the ball back to us. We ended up getting the ball back on the two-yard line. Our own two-yard line, so we had 98 yards to go. But Mahomes had gone back to the uh, locker room and had been getting tended to, no doubt getting shots in his ankle to numb his pain or whatever. And so they threw Chad Henney in. He's a backup quarterback. And he came right in on our own two-yard line and led a 98-yard touchdown drive straight down the field. Touchdown, great drive. And in the locker room after the game, uh, he was a game ball recipient. And of course, if you, you watch, any, any team that is of any value will give credit where credit is due. And there is no such thing as a team that succeeds just on individuals. Obviously, there is no I in team. No one person is responsible for the success or failure of a New Testament church. It is a team sport. And we have worked hard at River City Baptist Church to work at training and multiplying so that every one of us have the opportunity to serve God and exercise the spiritual gifts that God has given us and entrusted to us. Every single member is a minister. Listen very carefully. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is a, a, the church of Jesus Christ is where we all come together to spread the gospel and build disciples and follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. This is done as we gather together in worship on Sunday, as we scatter in service throughout the week, and obviously as we meet together in our connection groups uh, starting in April. The Bible is clear that a church is not primarily led, trained, or excuse me, uh, served and cared for and sustained by pastors and pastors alone. But rather, pastors, according to Scripture, have the responsibility to teach and train the people to do the work of the ministry. In fact, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he gave himself to uh, some apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints to do the work of the ministry. 
Interestingly enough, historically, sometimes pastors, if they're not careful, they spend all their time doing ministry work rather than training people to do the work that God's called them to do. And this is why from the very beginning at this church, when I came seven years ago, I told the church that my primary job at this church is to teach and preach the Bible and to multiply the leadership of the church so that the church cares for itself in love. A church that is properly functioning is a church that is taking care of itself. In fact, uh, out in the lobby here uh, just a few minutes ago, I, I, uh, I saw Susan Davis and I said, hey, Susan, uh, she rem- somebody reminded me about the baby that was born. And I just, I went to her and I said, hey, hey, uh, are we, are we uh, able to maybe get something going as far as serving meals to the Hoffman family? And she just smiled and looked back at me and said, we already got it going, Pastor. Now that is exactly what is supposed to be happening. People that need advice and counsel, it can happen within the body. People that need care, it can happen within the body. People that need served, it should be happening in the body. Every church that has a top-down philosophy that the pastor has to be involved in everything and do everything and have something to say about everything is a church that is incredibly unhealthy. But a church where its members are being trained and they are serving and they're active in the work that God has called them to do, is in fact a healthy church. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The the fourth uh, 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 core value of River City Baptist Church is that it is a church where the people are active in service. Everybody has something to do. And so we're going to look in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 today, and we're going to read the first seven verses, and we're going to talk about spiritual gifts and how they relate to your ministry service. Look, if you will, at 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse number 1, the Bible says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Boy, we ought to really take note of that. Whatever your spiritual gifts are, God does not want you to be ignorant about them. He wants you to understand what spiritual gifts are. He wants you to understand your spiritual gifts. He wants to understand how those spiritual gifts should be used in the church. Verse 2. You know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities, excuse me, differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities... But it is the same God who works in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now 1 Corinthians chapters 12 through 14 is a very, very detailed discussion on what we would call spiritual gifts. Okay, Among the many problems of the church at Corinth was a lot of confusion about spiritual gifts. What are spiritual gifts? That's talked about in chapter number 12. How are spiritual gifts motivated? That is spoken about in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 when it says that love is the greatest motivation for spiritual gifts. And then over in chapter number 14, he talks about that spiritual gifts are oftentimes misrepresented by people who crave stages and platforms and crave things that are sensational like speaking in tongues or interpreting the speaking of tongues. And, and, and so Paul lays out all these uh, regulations and rules and the way that it should be done uh, uh, in, the, in, the, in the church at that time. 
And so as Paul, I mean, this is, this is three chapters, guys. Three chapters of the Bible that deal with spiritual gifts. And there are other places that deal with spiritual gifts. But today what I want to do is I want to focus in on you and your spiritual gift and that you understand spiritual gifts and that when you understand your spiritual gifts, you will engage in the service of Jesus Christ. The first thing that I want you to see here in the text is this. Your gift is God-given. Your gift is God-given. I mean, it almost goes without saying, right? The gift is a gift. Meaning, it's not something that you worked up. It's not something that you created. It's something that was grace to you. It was given. In fact, the, the Greek word for uh, gifts is charisma. Now, that's where there are some churches that get their name from, charismatic. It means that there is an emphasis on certain types of gifts. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But the word itself literally just means gift. So whatever gift you have came to you from God. It was graciously given by God. And divided sovereignly among his people for two reasons. Number one, to bring unity in the church. Look down at verse number 20. But now indeed there are many members yet one body. Hey folks, listen very carefully. There's different people with different gifts and different ways of serving the church. And what those different gifts does is bring unity in the church. The greatest character quality of any church in the world is that it is unified. A divided church is a danger. A divided church is hectic. A divided church cannot reach people, cannot love people, cannot serve people. We should be united in our heart to love God and to carry the gospel to the nations. Now here's the thing. Individualism is a terrible idea in the church. You are needed by the church. And you need the church. Folks, listen, it is a bad idea to think I am not needed by my church. If you are a Christian, you have a spiritual gift. And you were sovereignly placed by God in the church. 1 Corinthians 12, 13, look at it. It says here, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. And there's a lot of debate about what that verse means. I've heard it talked about being water baptism. Uh, and, and, and I've heard it talked about being spirit baptism for salvation. But when I put this verse in its context, really, I don't think it has to do with either of them. And you may disagree with me on this, and that's okay. But in context of spiritual gifts and the unity and the diversity of the spiritual gifts, it says the Spirit, watch this, baptizes us into the body. Now, the word baptism here is a word that is used predominantly for, of course, what we would call water baptism. But the word itself literally means to place into or to immerse. And I think what this verse is saying is this. When God puts somebody in a church, he places them sovereignly in a church with their spiritual gifts so that the church can be complete, the church can be whole, and the church can do what God has called it to do. How about that? All of a sudden, you really matter. You say things like, oh, I know God sent my preacher to that church, and I'm sure glad that he did. But let me say something to you. I'm glad God sent you to this church. Because he sent you to this church to fulfill the unity and the service and the usability of your spiritual gifts. Uh, it's a bad idea to say I only need some people in the church, like a clique, or only some people in the church need me. That's a bad idea. 
Everybody in the church is to benefit from your spiritual gift and your service to the Lord in the church. So number one, your gifts are God-given. Number two, your gifts must be discovered. Your gifts must be discovered. When you combine this list with Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8, and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 12, you have a, a tremendous uh, explanation of all the various types of spiritual gifts. And, and there are, there are, there are, I'm going to give you three categories of gifts. I'm not going to take the time this morning to explain them all. I realize we have three-year-olds in the house today, okay? So uh, I'm going to try to make this really simple. You can read the list, they're right here, they're 1 Corinthians 12, there's Romans chapter 12, and then there, of course, is Ephesians chapter 4. You can read them all. But essentially, they're broken down into three categories. Now, follow me very carefully. you got to listen to this, okay? There's three categories of gifts. Number one, there are sign gifts. Number two, there are speaking gifts. And number three, there are serving gifts, okay? Sign gifts, speaking gifts, serving gifts, what are sign gifts? It's like speaking in tongues. It's healings, miraculous supernatural events that take place. Uh, so, uh, speaking in tongues is an example in the Bible was when somebody could speak or understand a language that they had not previously learned or studied. Now that's a lot different than some of the stuff you'll see today, by the way. Study your Bible, people. Uh, tongues is not some wild, crazy, ecstatic speech that nobody can understand. Tongues is when I get dropped off in the jungle of Africa somewhere and God would enable me to speak or understand their language so they could hear the gospel. This is exactly what happened in Acts chapter number 2. So oftentimes today people are just absolutely, completely, and utterly confused about sign gifts, okay? And I'm not going to dive into all the details. Obviously, I'm what they call a cessationist. I do believe that sign, miraculous sign gifts have ceased. 1 Corinthians 13 is abundantly clear. It would take me two or three sermons to walk through chapter 14, and I'm just not going to do it today. But we just simply do not believe that the practice as it was in the Bible is necessary today for the church to operate. So there's sign gifts, and by the way, they always did two things, and I'm done, okay? I, I just keep thinking of stuff, uh, and I'm done with this, okay? Number one, they, they provided authentication to the message. In other words, it demonstrated to unbelieving Jews predominantly that, that this was from God. This was from God. The second thing they did is it provided revelation. In other words, God would be bringing a message. And I got to tell you, friend, today I could say this minimally. With the completion of the word of God, the final authority and revelation that came from God, I don't need a sign, I don't need a miracle, I don't need some ecstatic vision. I've got everything I need from God right there in the Bible. Sign gifts. Then there's speaking gifts. Now these are pastors and evangelists. And then, then there's other exercises of like the teacher or the prophet or even the exhorter. I bet you can't guess which spiritual gifts I have, okay? And by the way, I just took a test uh, this week. And man, it, once again, there it went. Just boom, boom, boom. All the gifts, just like they always have been for years. Number one, evangelism. Number two, exhortation. And number three, administration. That's my, those are my spiritual gifts. Okay, and I'm going to talk to you about that in just a minute. But I will say this. There are more people with serving gifts, I believe, than with speaking gifts. Yep. Speaking gifts mean that it would come natural to you because God has given you a gift to be able to understand and explain the Bible to other people. Now, folks, it is a spiritual gift, believe me. 
It's not like in high school I was winning, you know, speech contests and just had this profound ability to teach people stuff. Are you kidding me? When it was oral book report time, I was like hitting the highway, man, okay? How many of you are literally just completely 100% terrified of speaking in public? Do you know, do you know that most people would actually rather die? They're more afraid of speaking than dying. That's bizarre. But I get it. I understand it. You know what? Like, like, let me give you an example here. People assume that since I am a gifted exhorter, teacher, preacher, that Angie is also. Let me tell you something. She does not have the gift of teaching. And y'all can quit trying to wait on when is Angie going to show up and teach a class. I'll go ahead and tell you. Never. Never. It's painful for her and everybody involved, okay? Seriously. And, and, and early on when I started preaching, people would ask all the time, hey, why don't you, you know, you speak and have your wife speak. She'll speak to the ladies or you speak here and you speak here. And I just thought that was what we were supposed to do. So I was like, oh, yeah, sure, she'll speak. And my goodness, man, it would take her forever and she would put together all these extensive, exhaustive notes. And then she'd have like 20 pages of notes and spend 20 hours putting it all together and read through it all in like three minutes flat, okay, and be done. And I'm telling you, it didn't make sense to her. It was hard to work through for people. And after just a couple of times, I stopped and stepped back and realized, you know what, this is crazy. Why am I making my wife teach? She's not a teacher. Why am I asking her to do something? She's not, she is not a teacher because she married a preacher. Let me tell you what she is because she married a preacher. She's a wife. That's what she is for marrying a preacher. She's a wife. By the way, did you know in the Bible there are absolutely zero descriptions of a pastor's wife in the Bible? Did you know that? Zero. None. So what does that mean? It means that her job is to be a wife. And her job as a Christian is to find her gift and let God use it in the church. And you know what Angie is? All you that serve with her know. She is a servant. That's what she does. And an administrator. Behind the scenes, cleaning bathrooms, painting walls, hiding from humans. Okay, that's what she does. You're never going to see her up here talking. You don't see her leading ladies' Bible studies. She doesn't do it. And guess what? She's not supposed to do it because she doesn't have the spiritual gift. But guess what? People like Melissa do and people like Lori do and people like Sarah Hurst definitely do, right? Women can have those gifts, and they use them with children, and they use them teaching ladies, and they use them in other, uh, other applications. But the bottom line is this, guys. You have to be gifted to do that, and not everybody's gifted to do that. But you want to know where the vast majority of people I believe in the church are gifted in areas of service. You want to know why? Because areas of service are far more needed than other areas, meaning gifts of administration, gifts of giving, gifts of serving, gifts of mercy. These are things that God gives you and, you and you're able to exercise them in the service of the church. And guess what, guys? It all needs done. Or in the grass needs cut just as much as the sermon needs preached. Because if our grass looks like garbage, ain't nobody going to come in and listen to me preach. And Wes, your job's just as important as mine because if music doesn't glorify God and music doesn't exalt Jesus Christ and music doesn't draw hearts to worship, it's going to be hard to tune in on preaching. And Lord have mercy, you don't think the kids' ministry is needed? 
You guys that are gifted with children, have the gift of mercy and service back there watching precious kids so that mothers and fathers can come in and hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your job is just as important as mine. You fix air-conditioned units, you sweep hallways, you do this, you do that, you do this, you do that, you teach a class, whatever it is. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's all important. And so what are you supposed to do? I'll tell you what you're supposed to do. Find out your gift and get a job. So I'm going to show you how to do that. Right up here on the screen, I'm doing it right here, right now. I want you to look at this. Okay, scan that code right now. I don't normally do stuff like this, but if you're interested in doing this, go ahead and scan it. This is the first time in church I'm encouraging you to get your phones out, okay? So this is a, this is a, a link to a spiritual gifts test online, okay? It's free. Uh, the only thing you have to do, I think, is uh, you know, create an email account, but it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. I did this again this week, okay? Just did it. And let me, let me tell you how it works. It takes about 20 minutes to do. It is going to ask you about 120 questions. And all you have to do is be honest about it. For instance, if it asks the question, when I hear of a financial need in the church, I am generally really compelled to give to it. Well, are you or not? Don't lie like you are if you're not. Okay. You know what I put? No. That's not my natural bent. Now, I give all the time. I give every time I get paid, and I give beyond that. And I, I'm, I'm not afraid to give. But I, don't, I can't say that I'm always compelled like that. And, I can, I can, and I'm not going to do it here. I can point to three or four people in this church. Every time somebody breathes, they're talking about giving money to the church. They're gifted that way. God gave them that gift. And God enabled them to exercise that gift because they have financial resources. By the way, it doesn't mean if you don't have a lot of money, you shouldn't tithe. It just means some people are uniquely enabled, equipped, and gifted to, to, that, to lean in on that need. Uh, uh, you might ask the question, when somebody goes to the hospital, are you, are, you, are you inclined to go make a visit, say a prayer, bake a cake, show up and spend an hour at somebody's house? Again, I answer, no. You say, wait a second. You are a pastor. I know. But that doesn't mean I've got every gift in the drawer box, people. Besides the fact that my job description includes many other things. But some of you are like, that's me. That's me right there. So you say, how do I really know? Well, take this test. It'll help you, okay? And I'll get back to that in a minute. But an easy way to understand your spiritual gifts is this. When somebody has a need and I am called to serve somebody in Jesus' name, what am I inclined to do? Example, if you come to me and say, Pastor, I need help, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to be forwarding you a podcast or a book or a sermon. You want to know why? That's how I think. You have a spiritual need, I'm thinking, oh, I read a book like that, you need to read that book. That book will help you. What am I trying to do? I'm trying to teach you, right? That's my gift. It's my inclination. It's how I'm wired. It's how I think. It's how God gifted me. And some of you don't read three books in 15 years. I get it. You're not inclined that way. It's okay. It's understandable. I'm not asking you how am I gifted. I'm asking you how are you gifted. When I am going to serve somebody in Jesus' name, what is the inclination? And that is likely your spiritual gift. But either way, take the test. Take, the, take a, a look. Think about it. Whatever it is, discover your spiritual gift. And number three, and finally, your gift should be used. Your gift should be used. Verse 18. 
But now God has set the members, each one of them, <coughs> excuse me, in the body just as he pleased. God has specifically placed you in your church and gave you specific purposes to fulfill in his church. What is your role? What are your gifts? And what are you doing about it? Why do we serve in our church? I'm going to give you three reasons and I'm done. Number one, we serve for the benefit of others. Look at verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit given to each one, watch this, for the profit of all. The reason we serve God in our church is so the church can benefit. Number two, the reason we use our gifts in church is for the glory of of God. We serve God for God. We don't serve God for us. We serve God for him. That's how you can go quietly back to the JSO hospitality suite and sweep up and clean up and stick bags of chips on the table without anybody seeing you. And you're okay with that. You're just fine with that because you know I'm doing this for God. I'm not doing it for anybody else. And do you know when you serve God even quietly and nobody else sees it, God does. And God's pleased and blessed when we serve him. And isn't that what you want to do with your life? Is there any, I mean, come on guys. Is there anybody in this church that just has no interest in serving God and pleasing God with their life? I surely hope that's not true. And I, and I don't even sense in our church any kind of diatrophy spirit, meaning somebody always has to have a spotlight. Somebody always has to be recognized. Somebody always has to have their name called. Listen, friend, that's not the way to get the job done. The way to get the job done is to do it for the glory of God. And finally, for the success of the church. There is only one way a church will not succeed, and that is if we are divided and selfish concerning our spiritual gifts, and if we do not work together as God intended, then this church will not succeed because the Bible says a house divided against itself will not stand. So as a Christian, you shouldn't think of the church as a place you go to hear sermons, but rather a place you go to serve God. So let me give you some immediate and easy ways. And, 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 and the easiest thing for you to do right now, today, is obviously take the spiritual gifts test. But also, in the seat back pocket in front of you, there's these connection cards. You can take one of those, seat, those things right, right in front of you, and you can put your name on it, and, and, and a phone number or something. And, you can, and you, can, you can write down there, place of service. Or just write the word serve, or anything. Or write the word nursery, or children, or teenagers, or music, or preaching or whatever thing you are gifted to do and let us help you find a place. When I took that spiritual gifts test, this is the awesome thing. When you do it, here's what's going to happen. It's going to identify your top three spiritual gifts and then you're going to get an email sent to your inbox and it is going to lay out what that means. It's going to tell you what that looks like. And when you, re when you read it, you're going to be going, yep, 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 unless you lied. Okay, and then at the end of that printout, it's going to tell you, if you are gifted in evangelism, as an example, you should look in ministries like this, 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 and this. And it's beautiful. It's so helpful. So I encourage you to do that. But at our church, as I mentioned, you've got buildings and grounds. You've got nursery, children's ministry, youth group, cleaning the buildings, 
class leaders. We're getting ready to launch eight to ten small groups, connection groups at our church soon. And they're going to continue to grow. And so you can lead a group in your home or here at the church. We have multiple events at our church, like Trunk or Treat, Easter Egg Hunt. By the way, we have a huge event starting in 10 days from right now. We have, about a, <coughs> we have about 100 pastors from all over the country coming to our church to have a conference on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, and there's all kinds of stuff you can do. You can even stand out in the ho- lobby and just smile. And let me tell you something. I'm a pastor, and I'm going to a big conference this coming week, and I'm preaching at it. And I'm going to tell you right now. When I walk in and I see people from the church just smiling and serving, it just does good for me. I cannot tell you how many comments I had last year from pastors all over this country said, man, your people were so friendly and so helpful and so encouraging. Man, you can do anything. You can be there greeting people. You can be at registration. You can sign up there. You can, you can help serve the meals. You can help clean up after the meals. You can help set up the rooms. You can help clean the place and reset it that night before we come back the next day. There's so many things you can do. Maybe you have been at AV at your church before. Maybe you've served in sound ministry. Great, we need you. Maybe you can sing. Maybe you can play an instrument. And please, if you don't sing, don't act like you can. It's going to make everybody really uncomfortable, okay? Man, I've been singing at church since 1942. Well, somebody should have probably told you back in like 45 that it wasn't a great idea, okay? Okay, I've been there. I've been in some really weird spots, okay? So, look, hey, there's a reason I'm not on the worship team, people, okay? Angie will not let me on the worship team. As much as I love it, I love to sing, I have a great time. But she's just like, you know, Brian, look, there's just other ministry opportunities for you, Brian. Thanks. Sunday afternoons, we have a basketball ministry. Our gym opens up at 1 o'clock. Sante, stand up back here. Sante. Sante told me today, he said, Brian, he said Pastor, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. He said today, he said at, at about 2 o'clock. I mean, I've seen pictures. Zach serves with them. I've seen pictures of literally scores of people in our gym. And Zach, the last maybe two or three Sundays, has preached the gospel to these kids in our community. Asante got saved at our church four, five years ago now, and now he leads that whole effort. Isn't that exciting? Amen. You guys that like basketball, you like to do that kind of stuff? Amen. I hear people tell me all the time, I want to serve with teenagers. I want to mentor somebody. Oh, really? Really? Okay, be there today at 1 o'clock. There you go. You want to serve people? You want to mentor people? You want to play basketball? You want to reach the next generation? There you go. Boom. That's how you do it. We will baptize, 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 train, and help these guys that are coming to Christ like crazy. Asante today is showing my little video, Five Minutes Could Change Your Life. I came to church last Sunday, I thought, or maybe two Sundays ago, and I dropped something off at the church, and Asante was in his office. He said, Pastor, this guy needs to get saved. I said, what? He said, yeah. He came in, and, and, he, and he started talking to me, and, and he said, I put your video in on the big screen on my TV. The Five Minutes Could Change Your Life. And he showed the guy the gospel video right there in his office. And then he got down to the end and he said, I don't know what to do now. And Asante said, Pastor, can you help? Sure enough, I went in and prayed, prayed with that man that he accepted Christ right there in the church offices just last week. People are being saved and you can be a part. There's River City Cares. That is what Susan runs. That means when somebody has a baby or goes to the hospital, we provide meals and care for them. We have all-nation soccer outreach. Dan's involved with that. Dan coaches, Dan Purdy coaches a team, and we serve pizza and meals to them. We've got our Mayport campus. We're remodeling our church all the time. 
We have vacation Bible school. We have coffee shop. We have Thanksgiving baskets. We're going to serve uh, single mothers in our community Christmas uh, for their kids this coming Christmas year. There's all kinds of ways you can be involved. Let me tell you this. The only thing you can't do is nothing. Do something with what God's given you. Let's bow for prayer. Go ahead. We're going to end our service a little different today. I know we got a lot of kids. We're trying to be done timely. And, but let me just ask a couple questions here today. Number one, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, if you do not know that, why don't you open up your heart like the front door of your house and welcome Jesus into your life right now? I mean, if you're sitting here today and you do not know if you were to die that you would be going to heaven, the Bible very plainly teaches us that there is a way to heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ. He died, he was buried, he rose again from the dead the third day. The Bible says he's the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. You cannot get to heaven without Jesus. You're not going to go to heaven because you go to church, because you're a good person, because you pray prayers. You're not going that way. You're only going through him. And the only way to get to him is to ask him to be your savior. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Friend, would you like to be saved today? I mean, would you like to put your faith and trust and hope in, a, in the Lord Jesus Christ who died and was buried and rose again the third day? If that is you, friend, I'm going to invite you right where you are to just pray and ask Jesus Christ, the Lord of the universe, the God of creation, the God that died and was buried and rose again. I'm going to invite you to invite him to your heart and let him save you today. In your seat, you could just pray something like this. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. You can pray right now. Lord, I, 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 I know I'm a sinner. Lord, Lord, I know I don't deserve to go to heaven. But I believe in Jesus. I believe he died and he rose again. Today I accept you as my Savior. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for giving me. Help me never to be ashamed of you. Man, you can open up your heart just like that to Jesus right now. And you can ask him to save you. And he will. He will. I wonder if there's anybody in the room and say, Preacher, I want you to know, I'm not, I walked in here today not certain about my salvation. But I'm here to tell you, I, I just now asked Jesus to be my Savior. Just now. I just asked him. I prayed the prayer a minute. I'm glad I did. I'm not ashamed. I'm excited that God saved me, and I'm thankful for that. If that's you, would you at least let me know who you are so I could pray for you and get something into your hands today? You say, preacher, that's me. I prayed that prayer a minute. I'm glad I did. Would you just hold your hand up high? Would you do that? Just slip your hand right up, and then right back down. Just slip that hand right up, right back down. Good. Good. Anybody else, just slip that hand right up, right back down. I won't embarrass you. Just want to help you. Just want to know who you are so I can help you and pray for you and be there for you. Now, church, the invitation for you is very plain today. If you're not serving, get a card, turn it in in the back. Somebody will help you with that, okay? 
and let's pray. God, I pray, thanking you for this day, for this opportunity to be in church. God, please use the message in our lives and what we see an army raised up to serve you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.